Guardian Unlimited. Guardian Unlimited. The Rugby World Cup show. Sponsored by Magnus. Time to play. Go to magnuscider.com. Well, hello once again, or should I say bonjour? This is Ian Payne because we are live in Paris, no less. No expense spared from The Guardian this time. We're in a cafe just off the Champs-Élysées, right in the centre of Paris for our latest podcast of The Guardian Rugby World Cup show. As I say, I'm Ian Payne and I'm with four of the uh, finest broadcasters and writers we can assemble here in Paris at short notice. I'm only joking. (laughs) (laughs) And they all represent the semi-finalists. The streets of the French capital, uh, not an Aussie or a Kiwi in sight. Well, there's a few stragglers. It's England. Yes, England against the team that thrashed them 36-0 just four weeks ago, South Africa. The four semi-finalists represented are Paul Rees, uh, rugby writer for The Guardian, although he's Welsh, but he really is representing England this time. Uh, Laurent Dupre, who's the rugby correspondent of uh, RMC, the uh, the French broadcasters. Are you okay? Yes, everything's okay now. It's okay. It's okay. The pain is, is yeah. dullings. Uh, I wonder how the pain is dulling for Frankie Digis, which is obviously a slightly more sharp pain because it's only just happened from Argentina. Are you okay? We'll survive. We'll survive. Good. We'll get more from you. And Andy Colhoun, who's beaming like the Cheshire Cat from South Africa, the rugby correspondent of SABC. And how are you this fine morning? Bring on the roast beefs. <laughs> Very much looking forward to it. We are actually uh, in a cafe stroke pub. It's the Bowler pub. Uh, the extraneous noise you can hear is the uh, patrons getting ready for a busy lunchtime here. Uh, although it wasn't, it won't be as busy as it was on Saturday night. We're just off the Champs Elysees. This was absolutely jam-packed, rammed, full of people watching the England-France semi-final. Just an indication of what it was like. This is what it sounded like on Saturday night in here. atmosphere was absolutely amazing, completely outnumbered, about 20 to 1 with French or English in an English pub. Come on, England are through. So there you get an idea of just how uh, packed it was and just how disappointed the French must have been after that, because Paris on a Monday after that weekend is a very, very quiet place. Everyone going about their business, more full of tourists than anyone else talking about rugby. If you want to join in, by the way, you can, as always, we want your views, uh, opinions, thoughts, questions. Blogs.guardian.co.uk forward slash sport is our address. Blogs.guardian.co.uk forward slash sport. Let's start off, shall we, with that momentous evening on Saturday night, not too far away from where we're sitting here. Um, Paul Rees, can you believe, after everything that's been said and done, that not even the most optimistic, optimist in optimistic land could possibly have predicted England in the final. Can you believe it? No. No, still can't. I'm, I'm, I'm going to wake up soon. Um, I, I thought they struggled to make the quarterfinals for the start of the tournament. I really did. Um, you look at you look at the, the last uh, three or four years, chopping and changing in, in terms of coaches, uh, management, selection policy all over the place. This tournament they started off, they didn't know, they didn't have a clue they, what their best team was. And, and you look at the opening game against USA and, and the France uh, semi-final, the only, the only thing that stayed the same was a tight fight. Virtually everything else, apart from my cat changing, cat had been dropped. Um, but you know, the rugby football union themselves will be absolutely stunned because they've spent the past three years telling anyone to listen 
that the club system in England is not geared to success at international level. And, and, that, and if it carries on as it is, it will not deliver Six Nations titles, let alone World Cups. And that's why they're, they're on the brink of an agreement with the clubs for the central management of elite players. Now, if you look at the countries who, over the last four years, have invested huge resources and time in preparing for this World Cup, New Zealand, Ireland, um, South, South Africa, Africa, but they are, they're, they're, they're the exception to this moment. I mean, France, Laporte had his players virtually for the last year. What's happened to them? They've all, they've all gone by the wayside. A team which you can't say is prepared in any way, shape or form has somehow got into the final. And it, it is a World Cup which has turned convention on its head. And England getting to the final is, is, is every, every bit of much of a shock as, say, Georgia pushing Ireland, Argentina make, making the last four. So it's a World Cup of shocks, and, and England being in the final is probably the biggest of them. Yeah, I, sh I should apologise, by the way. The French are trying to get their own back this morning by <laughs> obliterating our sound broadcast by having a very loud, creaming coffee machine behind me. So if you hear a big... <laughs> that's what it is. Um, from the French um, <laughs> point of view, uh, Laurent... Yeah. That game on, on Saturday night, um, I was reading the Le Figaro today and they were saying we've, we've tried playing the Cavalier, throw the ball about style, we can't win the World Cup. We've tried the, the tight, strong arm way of playing rugby, we can't win the World Cup. Will we ever win the World Cup? What is the feeling in France? The feeling is a lot of question marks, a lot of investigations to be launched because um, eight years, Mr Laporte, I'm not it's not his trial but he's been in charge for eight years and just for example uh, key players such as flyers and scrummers it was the 34th different association who's been playing against England for the semi-final and with a fly half who was not supposed to be in the 30 and who was just picked because of the injury of a center Romain Caban in January I mean where, where is the plan that's the investigation to be launched what was the plan I think there was no plan it was very close, though. You but it was very close it. because the quality of the players, because they had never been uh, prepared like this physically and tactically speaking. I mean, during the championship, the Six Nations, uh, Bernard Laporte and the Union asked the professional clubs uh, to free the players for the national team for seven weeks, which had never been done. And they did it. Then after, there was two months and a half, two months and a half of uh, squad preparation, just like what's, hap what's happening in the Three Nations. Um, and everything was okay. I mean, they were not so tight, maybe, maybe in the brain, but the bodies were okay. But you, but you are being very critical, I must say, as a, from an objective point of view. <laughs> you beat New Zealand. Yes, but we lose against Argentina in the opening game, and we, we showed nothing against England. It's not a problem of commitment. They were committed, for example, to the game against the All Blacks. But it's not a matter of saying that the French are predictable or unpredictable. The matter to say that they are ready or not ready. And it was not on the field, it was before, I think. You are a losing semi-finalist. Alongside you, you have uh, Frankie Deges, an Argentinian rugby journalist. You are a losing semi-final mm -hmm. too, but you must be proud. You, must, you, you can't be critical of your team. No, we can't be critical of the team and what they've achieved. But uh, having said that, uh, it was a bit sad the way they lost yesterday. And the, and the players actually realised that, uh, that they didn't perform uh, as, they, as they had been performing. So that, that was the sad part. But uh, I mean, just seeing the guys there crying uh, just gets me emotional again. And uh, no, I mean, it's, they, they've been superb. So this, I mean, before the World Cup, they had been talking the talk that uh, they wanted to make it to the semi-finals, but they wanted to play the final and they wanted to win it. 
it didn't happen and it, it was sad the way it, it finished in that uh, they did not they just did not perform and South Africa were extremely good on the night just making sure they pounce onto every error but um, no, I mean they they go home back as, as heroes and, and and they deserve to yeah, if they do if they go home but most of them still but most of them live here <laughs> anyway, anyway. But yeah. I, I'm, st I'm still astounded by the fact that, that the main football match in Buenos Aires River Plate against Boca Juniors was moved two hours so that people could watch the quarter-final I mean rugby has really made a name for itself back home hasn't it yeah the the sad part of being here which is, is superb <laughs> is not being at home to to live all of that I mean it's you hear you read uh, friends tell you a friend of mine Came came for the semi final and he was at the River Plate Stadium. Was he sleeping on your floor? Everyone no, not this time. No, the missus arrived. Oh, okay. Your wife's here. Yeah, so uh, she was sleeping on the floor. <laughs> no, 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 no. She she got. Uh, we tossed and uh, I went to the floor. But um, his brother had had been on my floor earlier. But um, yeah, he, he was there at River Plate and he said that okay, crowd control also assisted. But there was forty thousand guys watching the first half of the of the quarter final, which was just unbelievable. So hopefully. And, uh, and Paul was talking about the RFU and their plans. I don't see a plan at the, at the Argentine Rugby Union at the moment. So the truth, truth is, this is a great group of players, a very good uh, group, uh, a management that has been extremely good. We're losing the coach now. We still don't know who's in line, and we still don't know what the plan is for the future. So it is a kind of bittersweet uh, victory, if you want to call it one way, because we have all of this that we we might not be able to bank on. Well, let's hope it can go from strength to strength because you've got a tremendous base there. Um, uh, last but certainly by no means least, although I know that uh, this morning the, the coach of the South African team has been playing down the favouritism, um, the bookmakers oh, so are going to make the, book, <laughs> the bookmakers are going to make South Africa the favourites for Saturday night, despite what Mr. White may say. Um, how are you feeling? after last night and how are you feeling looking ahead to the weekend? Well I would say that the South Africans are thinking it is a 50-50 game I know they'll come out Is it? Be, well it's, it's a World Cup final and the English side that was 36 lost, nil. Yeah, they, they were they were well beaten 36 nil. It could have been more if uh, the Springboks hadn't been so focused on being clinical on that night. And uh, but since then, England have been transformed. This is not the same England that played four weeks ago. They, this team now believes when they played on that was it September the 14th. That was a team of zombies. They ran out there and they looked like they'd had frontal the bottom is that England team. They were stumbling around. They didn't they didn't know what they were doing out there. It was it was a, an abysmal display. The team that's playing now is transformed. I think still think that England haven't got enough weapons they're they're slow across the field but um, there are there are real there are real dangers for South Africa in this game I do agree with you I was commentating that game South Africa against England and uh, the image I mean the comparison I, I can I can talk about Ireland they were zombies as well so what was the problem for those two teams uh, hopefully England raised lifted up and now they reach the final that's fantastic for them but what is the problem with the physical preparation, with all the squad work during uh, during the summer? That's the question I would like to to know the to know the answer. Oh, I don't know if we can answer that, can we? Well, I, I, I mean, I think a big difference between that day and England since is Wilkinson at ten, and I don't think he's had a particularly good tournament in 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 in, in, in the way he's played. He's missed a lot of kicks. Some of his line kicking has been pretty poor. He's, he's, he's not the best outside half in broken play, but it's what he brings to the team. He raises the confidence in others. There's suddenly this belief, and he can he knows how to win matches. And also, it's the deflationary effect he has on the opposition. Oh, hell, Wilkinson's there. And you saw that with France. France desperately trying to hold on to a one-point lead. With, what, 20 minutes to go? They should have been going for it. They weren't. And in the back of their minds, they would have known 
that if England get down there, they only need one chance and Wilkinson will take it. So I think it's I think the Wilkinson factor, even though he's not been playing as well as he did in 2003, is huge. He came back and suddenly England found from somewhere. Well, that's what, that's what yeah, we can't forget that England has won every game that mattered because after losing to the Springboks, they couldn't lose another game and they're still in the run. So that has to be a, a factor to be aware of. I mean, they've, they've had to win every game uh, since losing to South Africa. They're they very have. hardened. They're very hardened now. So they but know how from, to win. from a neutral point of view, from an Argentinian perspective, do you think England have got the weapons to beat South Africa? No, but they won every game. They had they, they had to beat Samoa, they beat them, they had to beat Tonga, they won, France, I mean... Uh, Australia? They won, uh, sorry, Australia <laughs> in between, yeah, I forgot about that one. Oh yeah, uh, we, have, we haven't. No, I know, I know. I mean, so they had four finals. This is the story of this World Cup though, the logic and form and, and everything goes out Absolutely. of the window. There was no way France could beat the All Blacks in Cardiff. No. It, just, it just didn't make any sense. Especially in Cardiff. Yeah, well, maybe maybe they prefer to play away from the Stade de France. I was, <laughs> was going to ask you that, Laurent. It was, was the fact that you were playing at home on Saturday night a factor against France? You seem quite nervous. There is a curse. There is a curse. <laughs> <laughs> in, in the Stade de France, yes, that's true. That I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Um, there is a curse. Yes, there is. Definitely. Because uh, when we are supposed to to nail the last game to, to get the championship, the Grand Slam, we don't do it. Argentina, this is the garden of Argentina, and now this is the garden of England. Um, Scotland has beaten us has beaten, yes, uh, twice. Um, Wales, uh, not, uh, twen not, not the big team of the Great Slam, but uh, Wales of uh, Neil Jenkins beat us and gave us a lesson of rugby. I mean, there is a big problem with the Stade de France. Even if in the opening game for inaugural game, we, we beat England in 98, but players don't feel the atmosphere, nothing to see, nothing to compare with Marseille or Toulouse or rugby cities or, you know, when you've got passion, enthusiasm. There in Le Stade de France, you had 45, 50 supporters or French people who bought tickets, who are not supporters, and <laughs> some noise. The bourgeois what? Uh, bourgeois <laughs> de we, call yes, them, yes. we call them the prawn sandwich brigade. Uh -huh, Chelsea in farmers and so on. Yes. yes. <laughs> and <laughs> sorry for Chelsea well, no, no, people I was living. Just, I was just trying to get... And, and just to, f to yes. finish, in Cardiff, you only had 20 to 25,000 people uh, supporting the French team, but what a noise, what an atmosphere. <laughs> Why? Because they had been sparing money. Yes just to be there and whatever could happen they would be behind the French team and the players knew that, felt that I mean maybe this is what we call le supplément d'âme, you know this adding factor for your soul Right. maybe, well, maybe, maybe you should play all your games yeah, in the sound in Cardiff, <laughs> in Cardiff yes. but I mean it, it'll always be the home of uh, French rugby for the Six Nations Sorry. I mean you're not going to move out of Paris um, we are uh, chained by uh, a contract with uh, the government, so Mr. Laporte, if you can do something now, you will be sports minister. Yes, um, until 2013. Right. So I was trying to get clean. Um, uh, can I just ask? Yes, of course you can. Talking about curses, would the new president be a curse? Because he's been around the team and. Uh, yeah, right. This, this, is, this is something disturbing. The preparation, definitely. I mean, players have been complaining against that uh, loudly, not off the record. They told it on TVs and radios and newspapers, such as. Uh, Thion, Pelouse, uh, Michalak, Ibanez, even the captain. I mean, but they had duties because they were under 
you know, they were under control. But there definitely seems to be a, a mood of depression in France. I, I tried to glean the um, the mood by a walking around the streets, and it was full of tourists. So I couldn't. <laughs> 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 and there doesn't seem to be. I mean, there are flags out, but they're all a bit half mast, and everyone's very, you know, sort of voce about the whole thing. So I read the Figaro. Tried to read the Figaro today, and it was only five the sport. <laughs> and there were five pages in it. The, the, the first three pages are all about how the French dream is over, but England will never win the final. Uh, <laughs> The other page was all about how, good news. how wonderful <laughs> South Africa are and how they'll thrash England in the final. Oh, more good news. The next page was how wonderful France's football team is because they beat the Faroe Islands 6-0. <laughs> And the, oh, last game. and the last page was just a full page all about the Senegalese wrestling championships. <laughs> and I can tell you that Yakini is still the champion. So the mood... <laughs> so, so my guy lost. Yeah. <laughs> so the, it's fair to say the mood in France is bitter. Oh, no, no, the mood in France, how would you describe the mood today? Is it, is it depressed? Because you expected so much. Um, this is just like when you, when you wake up with wonderful dream fantastic dream and you wake up and this is uh, back to reality so you're waiting for the next night to sleep and maybe 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 uh, pray for that fantastic dream to come back but it was a bridge too far a step ahead too far i don't know how to say that but it's something you can touch but you know that if you have been able to touch it it would have been pure happiness but it's not for you. It's something so romantic. Is there a feeling, though, in France? I mean, I, I thought this tournament, the French team was wearing a white jersey with a palm tree on it. Is, yeah. is, is there a feeling in France that Laporte has, has, has deserted the, you know, the, the essence of the, of, of the French game, which has always been about flair, about daring, about ambition, about handling, supporting, offloading, excitement? I mean, there was, there, there was often a brutality with it, but he's gone for an English, very English, functional, discipline type game. Is, is there is there, a, is there a sense that he's deserted traditional French values and paid the price for it? I, I mean, this is just like a choice of society, you know, the, the way of life. Bernard Laporte chose not to give points instead of trying to score more points. Bernard Laporte, if I compare with soccer, chose to, to copy Germany rather than copy Brazil. And it worked. I mean, it worked fantastic against South Africa. I can remember 2002. Zero penalty against France. I mean, can you imagine that? England is in the final. Okay, but I think it's much more incredible to say that French team in a top level game <laughs> makes no penalty. Well, and against the All Blacks. The last 10-15 yeah. minutes against the All Blacks. Yes, that's it. So this is a good <laughs> point for Mr. Laporte. <laughs> okay. But the other problem is that Inhibition, I don't know if it's the, the word in English, you know, all your qualities of flair, express yourself and so on. No, because this is something negative the, the, the players got in their mind. Don't do, don't commit, don't, don't, don't. It's not do, it's not play, it's not try, it's don't. Don't be afraid. It's been, it's been eight years of don't. Don't be afraid to fail. So, so you, play, you play a game on England's terms. Nobody should be surprised that even this England team are going to win that game. Yeah. Because they can do it better. Guardian Unlimited, the Rugby World Cup show, sponsored by Magnus. Uh, you're listening to the latest Guardian Rugby World Cup podcast. We are live in Paris this time. We're uh, just alongside the Champs-Élysées. We're in uh, a pub called the Bowler Pub, and alongside me, Ian Payne, is the representatives from the uh, four semi-finals. We have Paul Rees, 
who's a rugby writer from The Guardian, Laurent Dupré, who's a rugby correspondent for IMC for France, uh, Frankie Degez, the Argentinian rugby journalist, and from the South African Broadcasting Corporation, the rugby correspondent there, Aldi Con Andy Colhoun. Andy, I'm just going to ask you about South Africa in a second, but first of all, I think I know you're playing it down, I know your coach is playing it down, but you're fans are not playing it down. Here's, here's a selection of, of what they thought after they'd beaten Argentina last night, looking ahead to the final. And I think it's fair to say they're a little bit confident. I can't wait to play England. It's going to be great. We, we've beat them before. We've got the psychological head. So all it takes is just another game. We'll beat them again. It's two teams that's coming together that are strong. England's come back into the World Cup rather than got weaker. So that gives them a little uh, confidence coming into the game. But I think that 36-0 is going to matter. We had no doubt that we were going to do it. No doubt at all. Next week's going to be a clean sweep. It's going to be the easiest game. Huh? Uh, we're too good. We're the world champs already, I can tell you already. <laughs> Very confident. Fait accompli, as they say in France. So as you can uh, hear from that, I mean, they're a fairly confident mood. I mean, that back home, that the feeling must be we've won this already, mustn't it? Well, the pub's opened pretty early and that was about 11 o'clock last night so <laughs> they've, yeah. had, they've had a good run-up to, to that. Um, no, people are confident uh, South Africa has stopped because um, you Sarkozy but we've got two presidents coming uh, this weekend. Thabo Mbeki, <laughs> the state president, is coming ah. and uh, Nelson Mandela has been invited as well and if his uh, health is okay he, he might even make the trip and he is a he's a lucky omen. Never mind 95, every time he's pitched since 95 the Springboks have won. The, the All Blacks, they see him in the ground and they almost go home. They've been beaten heavily at Ellis Park with, with Madiba in the stand. So, yeah. So, no, it is. You're not going to food poison the English, are you? <laughs> we do it to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I was talking to you beforehand, it's very interesting because the South Africa is such a diverse nation. Has it captured the imagination of the entire nation? Because you've got commentators in all sorts of languages here, haven't you? We've got four languages, the Nguni languages, the Sutu languages, Afrikaans and, and English. And, and, and my medium is probably the smallest listenership in, in the country. Right? Yeah. Um, is that is about your ability? Or <laughs> it's, it's entirely down to ability. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're turning off all over South Africa. <laughs> but, but, but black South Africa is switched on to this Rugby World Cup, is it? Oh, absolutely. In, in, the, uh, in the Eastern Cape, the classes have been playing, uh, playing rugby for 100 years, and they are absolutely passionate about the game. Uh, in, the, in the Highfelt areas around Johannesburg, Pretoria, uh, Petersburg, the, the northern provinces, it's more uh, an exotic sport, but there's a, a Sutu commentator here who's, um, who's passionate about the Springboks and bangs the desk and leaps up and down <laughs> and uh, delivers wonderful commentaries, is what I can hear through my, through my earphones. Um, so the country will stand still. It is, it is a very big thing. And we've had, we've had the, uh, the, the deputy president was there on Friday for tea with the team. Um, the, uh, the, the finance minister was there as well. The director of national security was there as well. So I think Ernie Els flew over. <laughs> and Ernie Els was there. Yeah, yeah, well, he I beat Cabrera, didn't he, in the world match four. play? Six yeah. and four. And yeah. then I saw Cabrera him last night uh, with Scott Berger. They, they were, were yeah. Scott Berger senior or junior, uh, yeah. but the father of the flag. There have been a few bottles of red wine opened and uh, there was, uh, with those two. There, there was some drinking, yeah. <laughs> there was, was a double. It was a double South. I don't know if Cabrera came over with him because I know Ernie Els said, oh, you can come over in my jet if you want to. But having beaten him and then Argentina losing the semi. I'm not what sure I saw, Cabrera was saying, who did he think was going to win? What did he think? He just said he didn't care. He didn't care. He didn't care. No interest. So really? He may be a soccer fan. Oh, well, possibly. Probably Argentina beat Chile, so maybe he was happy <laughs> with a soccer score. Uh, let's just get some uh, opinions from those of you who've been uh, kind enough to blog us. Uh, this is from Roy A1 talking about England. Ugly and absurd are the two <laughs> words he uses. He said it's up to South Africa to save this tournament from the dull, grinding, tedious rugby we see from England. Yes, that's how we win, though. Uh, Rip Six 
says England won, they're in the final and they deserve to be. Any argument that this somehow demeans the great game is crazy as this has been the most enthralling World Cup in history without a doubt. As has been pointed out, England are one game away from being the first team to defend the cup and a few weeks ago there were 66 to 1 odds. That is insane. And Palapo, who's uh, blogged us from Seoul in South Korea, says, well, how did that happen? England were blown out of the water in every area except the scoreboard. They even scored one try to nil. Every single prediction I've made so far in the big game has been wrong. Join the crowd. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, and these boys are experts. The English team must be incredibly strong mentally to lose 36 nil and then go on to possibly win the tournament is amazing. I'm sure that they will do just that. It just seems to be written in the stars. England won because they have in spades the things that make the difference, the real difference in tight games. Bottle, passion and a good kicker. Paul, it's, it's, it's England playing to their strengths at last, but we all thought that Brian Ashton was the man who was going to transform the English game into the game you were talking about romantically the French used to play. Isn't that his way? Well, yeah, and then in the Six Nations there were signs that it was coming. You know, they beat France playing rugby at Twickenham in the Six Nations. They can, can England win yes. rugby matches playing 15-man sling it well, around I rugby? What I'll say in England's defence is that they, uh, they didn't score many points against Australia or France, but I thought they did play more rugby than, than, than either team on the day, especially especially France. I mean, the, the line breaks were England won, France nil on, <laughs> <laughs> yes, on Saturday. Wow, so, <laughs> what a game. But, I mean, if, I, think, I think after that South Africa game, it was quite clear that the players had a meeting with the management the following day and just told them that they were not happy with the with the way they were training. I was told that the, the sessions were too long, too laborious, and they wanted two sessions per day, shorter, sharper, concentrating on skills. And they also wanted a change in the way they were playing. They wanted a sort of wider angle of attack, if you like, rather than this just pick and go, pick and go, pick and go. And I think it would, you know the management sort of bought into that, accepted that things hadn't hadn't um, hadn't gone well. Accepted also that the selection policy was was non-existent. It was it was it was almost like picking out of a, picking numbers out of a tombola, and I think ever since then they've been as one. The management and players have been as one. Whereas before then, I think they were on diver diverging paths, and you saw well, that was reflected in the way they played against us. Yes, you're right. Well, how, how, how crucial has, has Andy Farrell's calf injury been in this in this World Cup? <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I mean, if he played, ab ab goodness knows what might yeah, happen there. Ab absolutely. Um, one of our um, bloggers, and you can get in touch with us at blogs.guardian.co.uk forward slash sport blogs.guardian.co.uk forward slash sport. I've remembered it. Hooray, my producer's patting me on the back. Um, I want to ask you about Ballgate. <laughs> this is. Um, are you aware of Ballgate? Oh yes, yeah, I am. aware of Ballgate. Ballgate, for anyone who's wondering what we're talking about, is the fact that is there a bit of subterfuge going on here? Are the balls different for when Johnny Wilkinson kicks it to when everyone else kicks it? He was given a practice ball to kick in the match against France. He rejected it because he looked at it and he realised it was a practice ball. It wasn't a match ball, not the right pressure, and changed it. Is there something going on, Paul? Contrapomi did exactly the same, same last, last night. night. Oh, the yeah. referee yeah. identified that the ball wasn't there yeah. one. Yeah. There, there, there should be six balls. They're numbered, they're numbered one to six, aren't they? And if you, if, you, if you haven't got one of those balls... Why can't a match ball be like a practice ball? Why are they different? That's the manufacturer. I would say that this is not the first point that proves that uh, rugby is far from being professional. Um, there is no sports... Uh, uh, equity, for example. I mean, Argentina is paid or isn't paid to know that. Um, you don't have this, the same number of day of rest. Uh, either you are a top team or a lower team, and you don't know which ball you're going to use one month before the competition starts. I mean, 
professional soccer, you've got hundreds of soccer official balls. Mm. You provide the teams who are going to play the World Cup one month before and they train with, they play with. This is not replica, this is no, official I mean, I, balls. I, I, I understand the only difference is that they're all the same balls. Uh, no, they are not. By the, by the same manufacturer, the only difference is it says match ball. No, 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 they are not. I can tell you because they w we had the same problem with the French team. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm really serious. It was pool stage and we asked Pierre Mignoni, uh, David Scrella and Lionel Boxis. Uh, well, uh, how are the match balls it was before Argentina and they told me uh, we don't know yeah why they and them. they showed it took the ball it was replica it was not official incredible but it incredible. hasn't it hasn't altered the the flight for Percy Montgomery it hasn't well, no, altered the it flight for Chris I Patterson I think it's only what you stamp on it I mean, I asked, I asked Montgomery about it last night. I asked him last night and, and uh, he looked a bit confused when I said how you, how you finding the ball and he says well the sweet spot is a bit smaller but he hasn't really got a problem with them. He, he had he missed a couple in Marseille, but that stadium's difficult. There's a there's a strong wind that blows blows down there, and uh, the ball could be blown offline. But otherwise, at the Stade de France, I don't think he's missed. Is he good at golf? <laughs> but he is. He just practices kicking. He practices, goes to the weights. He does his gym. He gets his biceps as big as he can. That's, he also that's does his does. hair a bit, no? Doesn't he? Oh, there's a few highlights. Yeah. Um, do get in touch, as I say, to do that. Blogs.guardian.co.uk forward slash sport is our address to give your opinions etc blogs.guardian.co.uk forward slash sport um, as we come to the end of this discussion let's just uh, get all of your opinions on this question that was being posed by Schaff from London who says very simply it will be better for the future of rugby on Saturday if South Africa win Paul do you agree with that or not 100% disagree no <laughs> no well, I am an Arsenal fan. I used to get teased about boring <laughs> Arsenal, didn't I? So, oh, well, not anymore. So I, no, not anymore, but I used to. And some of those used to tease me, and now champion England. No, I think, uh, no, no, not at all. Um, and and I, I, I just saw signs last night that um, I think England can win this game. I mean, South Africa fortunately all off Argentina mistakes. They weren't creating much off their own ball. There were times when that James-Stein combination looked a bit flaky. Dupree's uh, under pressure. England have improved so much at the breakdown. I don't think South Africa will get an awful lot of joy there. And unless the Springboks radically improve their scrummaging, they could be in for a hard time. The line-out is excellent. But to say it's, it's bad for rugby, no, of course it's not bad for rugby. Yeah, you, no team has to apologise for the way it gets to a final. It's up to, it's up to, you know, the All Blacks can't complain. It was up to them to stop France. All right, the referee in the last 20 minutes didn't do what, he, what I thought he should have done because France were committing penalties and they did get penalised in the second half against England. But no team has to, to apologise for getting to a final or the way they get there. If, 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 if somebody doesn't like it, then it's up to those teams to stop them. And nobody's, nobody has found it. England scored 12 and 14 points in the knockout and nobody's managed to beat that. And that says a lot about the inner resolve. And I think if a, if a, if a team is showing that, then they should be commended, not uh, not denigrated. You can tell, you can tell that Paul means what he says because every time he makes a point, he thumps the table. Did you hear that in the background? Um, I've got to get uh, Andy to uh, reply to that. Will it be good for rugby if South Africa win? Well, I think it obviously would be good for rugby <laughs> for South Africa. They win. They've got they've got players that, that excite players that excite people around the world. If we see Habana uh, running free, if we see Francois Stein, Farid Priya, the exciting uh, game breakers they've got, it, it will lift what I would imagine to the neutral around the world has been interesting from a, a sort of curiosity point of view with the favourites going down so frequently. But as a spectacle, I mean, I thought the England France game, and obviously speaking from a neutral point of view, was was drivel mm. as a game of uh, a game of rugby and a game of entertainment. And I think last night was probably not much better either. Um, some people probably think it was worse. 
Um, the IRB are looking at changing the laws of the game. And um, I actually think that they don't need to change the laws, but I wonder if the, the people who've got the job of uh, growing the game globally, they're looking at their product and thinking, well, it might have been dramatic, it might have been nail-biting, but is it entertainment that's going to compete in, in markets and in new markets? Um, but, you know, where rugby tradition is... But they, they so could have said that after the 1995 final. I mean, you can't say that in 1995 South Africa were the best rugby side in that tournament. The, the, all, the all Blacks were playing in the game of the far high level. But they it, said wasn't, in it wasn't good enough in the final. As well. yeah. Yeah. You know, it's said in 1999. But changing the laws doesn't necessarily change the results. But what they want to do is get a, a game that, that to me is, is dangerous. It'll, it'll have more ball in playtime, which will change the body shapes of players, which is, is rugby's Again. greatest charm. Yeah, yeah. And they'll get, they'll get, they're supposed to get leaner and faster and goodness knows what, which is a, which is a threat to, to the game we know. But how good has this rugby world, been, rugby world Cup been as entertainment? Laurel, is it good for the game if South Africa win or do you care? I don't care. <laughs> really, really, and uh, it's not uh, it's not being rude saying that. I don't think that the Rugby World Cup is uh, the big engine to promote the game. I think, really, uh, I'm not against IRBs. They do what they can, but uh, I don't think this is the engine to promote the game. The engine to promote the game is just to uh, give the same chances to all the rugby teams. It's just like soccer. It must be like boxing uh, at the Olympic Games, for example. It's not because you are from Cuba that you are, you will have when you are boxer in the Olympics that you will have three hours or five hours of rest more than your opponent coming from Azerbaijan for example uh, I don't understand I don't understand why the international rugby board is not changing its status to become an international union just like all the major sports such as basket volleyball soccer of course and I mean one man one vote it's not one country, one vote. This is not fair. So to, to promote the game, you need that from the basis. And it's not because we are used to cut the head of our kings that I say that. It's because, <laughs> it's because democracy showed that there was some gifts to, to try to, yes, to so be do, a do, do rugby players um, have an obligation to entertain? No. No, no definitely not. You, you are here to compete, to win. I yeah. mean, if you, if you want to... If you want to entertain, uh, you pay and go into a bar. I don't know. You've got uh, okay. You've got some bars uh, <laughs> okay, here. Some or, interesting ones. Or, or, or you, you, or you go to America, and go to NBA and go to to the circus. WWF wrestling. Yes, you don't. You I don't. Mean, you, it's not sport. Sport. Sport is about winning. I wish England had shown more ambition because I think they. They're, they're, and I, I wish the selection for this tournament had been different because there are some very very good attacking backs. Yes, and and and. I was I was horrified by France, and I have been the last couple of years because as a kid they were my favourite team to watch after Wales. I l f Wales France matches always, always. <coughs> but when France played but like that in the old days, in that romantic notion, weren't they the one-off kings? They could do it once against the All Blacks, maybe, but they wouldn't be. Able, and isn't that what's exactly happened again? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, but I think each country has its own traditional virtues, and I think to desert them. Is, 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 is not just not just a betrayal of that, but you will lose out of what you are. I mean, England's traditional virtue is is, is forward, is efficiency, is organisation. France's is flair. South Africa is much much like England, I would say. Germany. And 
Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and you write you write about Habana yeah. and those. But England, in fairness, they've got Jason Robinson, they've got Saki, they've got. They're not they're not they're not boring players. They're they're exciting, good players. But it's 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 all about what you are, national identity. And that's the great thing about about rugby that the teams were different, and we don't want to lose that. And so in, in in striving for some homogenous collective game, we want to keep it keep it separate. Respect the difference and melt yes, it. Absolutely. absolutely. The final point then. Um, I, this is uh, another um, blogger who's uh, joined in. He wants to know. This is from uh, Graham, who says, "Who will you supporting? Where do your allegiances lie?" Obviously, we know where the two finalist <laughs> allegiances lie. So I'll ask the two beaten semi-finalists, "Where? Who would you like to win?" Uh, the following the, the lines of my esteemed colleague, I don't care. <laughs> you really don't care. South Africa, England, you don't care. No, I think. Um, now nah, maybe I care a bit more about South Africa. Come on, Frankie, we've always supported because, Argentina. Because uh, there are long, long, long-standing ties with uh, South Africa. It's good to have a new face uh, with the World Cup, and uh, and as uh, many fans all over the world would say, not four years of these guys with the cup. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I'm not biased, so uh, no. But. Yeah, maybe, maybe. We weren't in the Tri Nations. We keep saying it. Yeah, it's <laughs> you true. Well, I thought you wanted <laughs> yeah. to be in the Six Nations because all your players are based in the Northern Hemisphere. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we uh, want you. I they want you. We yeah, oh, no, I we mean, love you. We love you more. Suddenly, I feel like I'm uh, the, the man. Group, <laughs> group hug, everyone. Yeah. Um, uh, final, final word then to obviously our our host today, Laurent. Who do you want to win the final and why? Um, Nick Mallet told on RMC two months ago that um, a study uh, from the your union said that more than 300 professional South African players were in Europe. No, 301 with Nick Mallet. <laughs> so um, I think it would be funny. It would be funny for, for South Africa to win that World Cup in France and to see the whole team just like a Cuban boxing team staying in France after the, the game. No, I, I'm There's just kidding. Stake. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, I would. Yes, I would support South Africa because there will be 50,000 English people supporting England and it, it needs to be balanced. Okay. And the streets of Paris full of white uh, might be a bit too much. No, I don't think the French <laughs> could possibly bear it. Gentlemen, it's been fascinating. Uh, may the uh, best country win to Aldi Colhoun, to uh, Paul Rees, Laurent Dupre, Frankie Deges, uh, and to all of you who've been listening to us over the last few weeks for our Guardian Rugby World Cup podcast. Thank you very much. Don't forget, you can always get in touch with us, blogs.guardian.co.uk forward slash sport if you want to uh, get in touch with us and give us your thoughts, opinions, and uh, any questions that you might have. Right, we're in Paris, so I think we're off to make the most of it. Thanks very much for listening. We'll speak to you at the end of the week. You've been listening to the Rugby World Cup show. Sponsored by Magnus. Time to play. Go to magnuscider.com. <laughs>